Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 109 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 29th of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week, we got through a little bit more of the Pathfinder Adventure card game, Wrath of the Righteous. Our season continues. Got in a game of Grand Austria Hotel, which was really interesting and full of a lot of dice. Got in some Trackmania Turbo, some Portal Knights, and the little Baseball Highlights 2045, as well as Motorsport Manager. Enjoy the episode. And welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 109 of the podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me this evening. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us on BoardGameGeek, which I have a guild at. We are the What I'm Playing Now Guild, and our number is 2440. On Twitter, just follow us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. Our Facebook page, just do a search on Facebook for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. All right, let's jump into some of the games I played for the week this past Sunday. I had a meetup with some of my friends for some more Pathfinder Adventure card game, Wrath of the Righteous. We actually finished the fifth scenario, and we played through a couple of them. We played through 1-5-D, Gods Save the Queen, and then 1-5-E, Storm's End. I will say the first one, God Save the Queen, there was only three of us four, and we actually had a new player with us this week, so that was kind of interesting. I think this is one of the first times we actually basically had somebody use one of the pre-gen characters for the society playthrough of the adventure card game. I actually used a lot of the pre-gen characters when I was initially starting out with the Pathfinder role-playing game. Never had to use one for the card game before, though, so since we really kind of didn't want to start through the whole first scenario again, we asked the gentleman that had started with us if he was willing to just jump in and basically use a pre-gen character. He said that would be fine. We gave him a quick rundown of how to basically play the game, started off, and the three of us were successful in completing that scenario. I think we got rather lucky, though, I will say, in that we found the villain very quickly, and in this particular scenario, I actually had the cohort along with me, and basically at the end of everybody's turn, we had to roll a six-sided die. If you rolled a one or a two, I believe we had another monster that was added into the location deck of wherever I was with that cohort, and we needed to keep this cohort alive. So I, w- I pretty much tried to not take any damage and basically get rid of this card, because the- I think the, ga- the game would have ended right there. And we actually finished this one actually rather quickly, I will say. I was I was really surprised. Um, a couple of us were sitting there at the beginning. We kind of thought that this scenario was going to be an extremely hard one, especially since we had a new um, companion with us, a new adventurer with us, one who pretty much wasn't tweaked as good as we were. I, I was just really happy that we only had to play through that one once. Although, since one of our normal companions was not able to play through that one, we actually may play through that one again in a couple of weeks when we're playing. Normally, my group meets down at Recess Games in North Olmsted, and we usually play on the first and third Sundays of the month. We're actually going to be moving this to the second and fourth Sundays, as a couple of the guys in our group said that the first and thirds were just a little tricky for them to get there, and the second and fourths would work much better. A couple of other, couple of other of us kind of looked at each other and said that that would be fine with us so we are going to go ahead and move that actually check out the recess facebook page as that's where i normally post the meetings and times we will actually be getting together and what games we're going to be playing 
The second scenario that the four of us actually played, because one of our normal group came had actually showed up a little bit late since it was Easter. The Storm's End, that one wasn't that bad. That one actually did take a little bit longer. The villain in this one was a little trickier to defeat in that I believe we had to close all the locations before we pretty much had to get him. And just defeating him, we kind of just, as always, buried him in dice. So that was just one nice thing that we were able to do. And we were able to finish that one on the first try as well. So next time we get together here in a couple of weeks, we are going to be starting off with a six scenario set, which we are all excited to. Hopefully we're going to try to maybe cram through these during the month of April here and try to actually finish uh, the last ones that we need. So then we can start getting the whole group back together again and start playing through Rise of the Rune Lords, which a lot of us are really looking forward to. All right. And then on Thursday, I went down to Recess, my local game store here, and we played a really interesting game of Grand Austria Hotel. And the first thing I am going to say about this game is, wow, the dice in this game are aplenty. We played this game with four people and probably about two handfuls of dice is what you is what's needed for a two player or four player game of this one. So basically in this game, you are the owner of a cafe and you're trying to turn your little budding cafe into the Grand Austria Hotel. You're going to use your cafe to draw customers who will then hopefully stay at your hotel. And basically each round is going to consist of the first player rolling all of those dice and then sorting them between six different actions that can be taken, which are basically placed on an action board that's going to be based on the numbers that are rolled. So all ones are going to go into the one column, twos into the two column, etc., etc., up to six. Each different number is basically a different action, and the amount of dice in that column is going to equate to how many times you can perform that particular action if you decide to take a die from that column on your turn. Each player is going to get to take two actions in a round after they decide if they want to take a customer from the customer row, which is on the bottom of the game board. There's going to be, I think it's five or so tables there that customers are going to be kind of seated at, and you can take one at the beginning of your turn. It's optional for you to actually take those care those customers. You don't have to, but you do need the customers because you need to basically give them resources like food and drinks to move them into your rooms to get them to stay at your hotel. At the bottom of your tableau, your game board, you can only have a maximum of three customers in your cafe at any one time. Now, the interesting thing with customers, each customer is going to offer pretty much a little different reward for fulfilling their food or drink order. And once they are satisfied as a free action, they are more than happy to stay with you in your little budding hotel. The customers have different tablecloths assigned to them on their cards, and each one will basically stay in the matching colored room that you have in your hotel. There is one wild customer, which we can say is wild. The customer with the green tablecloth is going to be a little less picky about their room choices they'll pretty much stay in any room so they'll stay in a blue red or yellow room after you fulfill a customer's order and move them to the room you're going to get a specific reward that is on that customer card and you can really pull off some interesting combo chains by paying attention to the resources that each customer is going to give you and which resources some of your other customers that are in your cafe require Besides customer cards, you also have a hand of staff cards, which offer a whole different set of rewards. Some are immediate, while some are at the end of the game. On your turn, you can take a die and perform an action, like I said earlier, and then the next player will go and play is going to continue around the table. In front of each player, though, there is a small tile with two numbers on them. It's basically going to show when a particular person gets to take their actions. So the first player is going to get to go first, but then they are also going to get to go last. The person who is fourth in a four-player game gets to take the fourth and fifth action, so you can really do some interesting things if you can kind of plan ahead properly. So whenever you perform an action, 
you're going to take a die from the column and basically put it on that little tile that's in front of you. Now the different actions are going to allow you to basically take different resources, which can be placed directly on the customer if it's a resource that's matching something they need, or if you cannot place that on a customer, you can place it into your kitchen. And then at a later time for, um, I think it's $1, you can move three of the resources down onto any customer. You can also prepare rooms with one of the actions as well as obtain money or move ahead on the emperor track, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, as well as playing staff cards. The six die is the very interesting die in that it's wild and you can pretty you can perform any other action, but you must play one crone, which is basically the game's money, to perform that action. If you decide you kind of don't like the dice that are in a particular column, you can always pass. And now once everybody has played or passed, if there are people still left that have actions and they haven't taken all of their actions, the dice are re-rolled and then, well, before the dice are re-rolled, you take one away from the batch, of the, the batch of dice that you have, and then the starting player or the first player will re-roll them, place them in the columns again, and then everybody can look at the dice, and you can keep passing on your turn and ha taking one die away and re-rolling until there are pretty much no dice left. So, and there were, towards the end of the game, we saw that people started to do this a lot more frequently than they were, that, well, than they were doing this at the beginning of the game. Now, there's a ton of different ways to score points in this game. The guest cards can give you points. Your staff cards can give you points. There's a row of politic cards which can which have certain requirements on them that can be met throughout the game. And the first person to basically meet that requirement will get 15. The second person to meet it's going to get 10. The third person is going to get five. And that basically is going to leave nothing for the fourth player, which was kind of interesting in our game. So if you can be the first player to get a couple of these, it will get you some nice points. Now there's also that Emperor track that I mentioned earlier. This is also very important. As during the fifth, third, fifth, and seventh rounds of the game, you're going to resolve these cards. And if you do not have enough points on this track, you can end up taking a penalty. So what happens here is during the game, you're going to try to accumulate these emperor points. Like on the third round, I think it is, if you don't have more than three points or so, you will actually go back so many points. And depending on where you're at on the track, if you're above three or higher you're going to be able to take the positive action of the card if you're at one or two you will neither take the penalty or the positive action but if you're at zero you will basically take the penalty of that card so in the penalty of that card a lot of times is basically just losing victory points or having to discard some cards so i don't think anybody in our group actually ever had to take the penalty i think we were all at one or two or above into the positive action so a lot of us really paid attention to that now at the end of the game you're going to score up all your points for staff cards occupied rooms leftover crones resources uh, but you will lose five points for each customer that is still sitting in your cafe something that several of us didn't know at the end of the game but i was lucky enough to have all of my uh, customers into rooms now our group really did like this game but if there is one thing we found a little bit troublesome it was really all of the different icons that are on the cards there are just so many different icons and while most well while they're covered in the book finding them was just a really really complicated thing and figuring it out was just i think extended the game a little bit longer than it really needed to be everyone sat there handing cards around as well as the instruction booklet and basically asking each other what does this card do i can't find this icon or how do these two icons next to each other interact with each other the instructions page showed those icons but we just found it extremely confusing as 
as they're just as they just weren't presented in a way that they were on the cards. Now, besides the manual being a little bit on the poor side, like I said, a lot of the game itself is just a lot of fun. I can't wait to kind of see this one get to the table again. I thought it was a really nice little strategy game. The sideboard of dice was a really interesting mechanic, and taking one of those dice from that pull and then basically however many dice are in that column, getting to take that action that many times is really is a really neat mechanic. A lot of us really enjoyed it. And even though there's a lot of randomness with the dice, I found that it fit the game perfectly. I don't think it really skewed anything either way. I really didn't think anything was overpowered or underpowered or anything. Like I said, the biggest thing we had a problem with were just the icons on the cards and figuring out what each card kind of did. So what I'm going to try to do is something I wish, wish I really would have done maybe before the podcast, maybe go out to Board Game Geek, actually see if somebody had maybe like an aid that actually had more of the icons explained a little bit better just to kind of help us out for the next time. But like I said, a lot of us really enjoyed the game. So definitely want to see this one get to the table again. All right. So that was pretty much what I played for board games this week. Although I have a couple of apps I'm going to be talking about here in a little bit uh, that are board games. One of the next games I played this week that I spent a lot of time with this past weekend was Track Mania Turbo. I believe I had downloaded this last Friday after work and started playing it and pretty much played it throughout the weekend and had a lot of fun with this one. Track Mania is a game that I started playing years ago uh, after listening to a bunch of the Giant Bomb guys playing Track Mania 2. And I have, I think, all of the different Track Mania 2 games. So when Turbo came out this past week, I really wanted to get it on the PlayStation 4. But I've been playing more games on my PC lately. And one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to get it on the, on the PlayStation 4 was because of the local co-op that they actually have. They actually have one mode in the game where two players are playing, driving basically the same car. The game is figuring out how close each player is to making the correct turns, you know, acceleration and deceleration of the car. And it's kind of averaging out the two players' inputs into the game into one player driving the car. So that's uh, that that sounded really cool i saw the guys on giant palm do a do a run through of that and that looked really interesting so that was one of the reasons why i wanted to do that plus it would have been cool to play on my larger tv than what i have here as far as my computer monitor but playing it on pc so far i will say the gameplay is really good i i really enjoy it but I was really disappointed with how many things are actually missing from this game as opposed to all of the Trackmania 2 stuff that's in the game. So the, the leaderboards, you can see most of the stuff from a website, but you can kind of only see your ranking in your particular state or country or, or the world. But you can't pretty much, or if you can, I haven't figured out how, you can't see it per track. So I, I think that they actually omitted a lot of stuff from this game. I think mainly because it was being released on the consoles and that they probably would have just had a harder time getting this stuff into the consoles and having it work between the computer and the consoles. So something that I was really disappointed in seeing at first, definitely not a showstopper, but those of us who are playing on PC and are used to seeing so many different things, I was looking at the forums, there are quite a few people who were upset about this and are hoping maybe at a later time that it will get patched in. There's a couple other things that I thought were kind of missing from the game, but it's it's an okay, it's an okay track mania. It's, it's, I'm still playing it some. I'll probably be playing it for a little bit. The graphics are, are track mania. I can't say they, they look a little bit better than track mania 2, so I can't say that, that the game doesn't look better than some of the previous versions, but just not having all of the pieces to it that I'm used to, I think was probably, I don't want to say a turnoff, but it was just something that kind of just disappointed me after playing it for a while. So I'm sure I'm going to be playing this one for a little while and we'll see if how, how good I can stay within the rankings of my state. All right. And then I played a little Portal Knights. Portal Knights came out with another patch. And now I didn't play too, too much of this game because like I, like I said, after last week, I basically hit max level 
which I thought was kind of going to end the game for me. I went in. It seems like they updated the the final boss that you run into, and it almost seems like they kind of just doubled all his settings. So he just seems like he's twice as hard to basically kill. It seemed like they did make his AI a little a little more intuitive and a little smarter. Some of the things I noticed was before when he would after he would kind of throw magic at you and you were able to dodge that, he would seem to come at you, but then once he kind of locked onto you, he came at you at a straight line. Now he seems to kind of be, you're more of a magnet to him in where he will start coming at you, but then if you actually dodge and move out of the way, he'll still move towards your direction. And I don't remember him doing that before. Plus he just seems, like I said, just almost doubly hard to kill. And I'm thinking they possibly just went in and kind of just doubled all his stats, which is kind of just a crappy way to make him. Because I remember when I was fighting him to farm him for the rabbit outfit it was much easier to kill him i was able to kill him in two to three times of taking down some of the crystals that are on the platform but now it took me eight to ten times to probably take him out and then last night i was trying to help my buddy walt actually do this because this was the last boss he needed to defeat and he was having some trouble trouble defeating him so i had gone on beforehand and beat him once just to make sure i could do it and i figured with the two of us it would work but the game crept kept crashing on us so we tried three times after the third time we were like okay that's it we're gonna call it and we'll try it again maybe tomorrow night so later on tonight after i'm done with the podcast i may be hopping into portal nights and helping him hopefully finish that boss level if the game decides to be stable or not so we'll have to see on that one and then i had mentioned i actually picked up a tablet for my wife last week and over the weekend i decided well let's finally upgrade the computer to windows 10 and that's been rather interesting is right before i went to record the podcast i launched launched audacity and audacity wasn't working something i hadn't tested before so i spent about a half hour researching that real quick and had to go to an actual nightly alpha build to be able to record tonight's podcast which was pretty interesting everything else seems to be kind of working though so hopefully this version of audacity doesn't crash on me and this whole recording does work good But while my computer was spending hours and hours upgrading, and it actually took quite a bit longer than the suggested time Microsoft had given, because I ran into a few issues and kind of had to go through a manual way of downloading it with their media creation tool and then doing a manual install of Windows 10, it worked, but it did take a lot longer than I had anticipated. But while the computer was doing its thing and rebooting 50 times like Windows always does, on my wife's Nexus 9 tablet, I downloaded Baseball Highlights 2045, a board game that I had always wanted to play, and I said, let me try this, and I wasn't able to download this on my phone, and now that we have a tablet, I had downloaded several games for her and figured this might be a good time for me to play this. So I sat there and read through the rules, which took a little while because I was actually trying to read through the actual rules that were within the game, play through um, kind of like a starter game of Baseball Highlights 2045, had a good feeling of how the game was played, and then just kind of sat there for the next three to four hours playing through the game, and for the first couple I lost horribly. Until I kind of started seeing how you really need to build your deck in between kind of like rounds of the game and when to start, when to play certain cards and when to hopefully use certain players and when to, you know, try to hit the home run after you have several people on base and everything like that. And pretty much really then started winning. And I went through all the different um, home teams that they had. I think Boston, New York, um, Los Angeles. I went through all the different teams, played with each different team. And while it might have taken me a couple of tries to actually win all the games, I was able to win what they refer to as the World Series because you're playing basically, it's kind of like the best of seven. And I was just having a lot of fun with Baseball Highlights 2045. I'd actually seen this game played down at uh, my local game store before. 
I had always seemed to be involved in another game at the time, so I've never actually had a chance to play the physical version. So I was really happy to to actually kind of get this game, I guess you could say, to the table, even though it was on the tablet, and I was just playing against the computer. But I would really like to actually sit down and play the physical version of this game. I think it's a really interesting deck builder, starting out with the deck of cards and with the rookie and veteran cards, and then having so many points to try to recruit better players into your deck, you know, into your deck while you're playing and having to remove other players throughout the game and I just I just had a really good time with it. I was I was really surprised at how how good of a deck builder this was and I'm I kind of can't wait to sit down and maybe show this to my wife and teach her that game because I have a feeling once she plays it I think this would be a game we'd probably both would enjoy playing against each other once we have some time and actually get the physical board game in. So if you've never had a chance to play Baseball Highlights 2045, if you have a device like an Android device or an iOS device that can actually play the game, I would definitely say check it out. Give that game a look. It is a lot of fun. You'll have a good time with it and then probably be like me where you're going to end up getting the physical copy of this game. And I saw there on Board Game Youth there, there was even a deluxe version out there. So I need to look and see what that deluxe version is about because I really didn't look too much into that one. And then this past week I was listening to Onboard Games and I think Eric on there was talking about a little game called Motorsport Manager, which I went and looked at. It's basically where you're the manager of a Formula One team. And I figured, what the heck, let me download this game and actually see what it, this is about. It was only 99 cents on my phone. Perfect little phone game, as you don't really need a large display or anything. But I will say that I became extremely addicted to this game once I started playing it. You start out with basically a team of a couple of drivers. You have a business and several different buildings that you then need to take care of that are housed by various different workers that have various different salaries and pay grades and everything. And you're basically kind of running a Formula One team and going through like a different season. I think the first season that I went through was a British racing season. And I think there were about six or seven different races within that season. And well, I didn't, I think I won the first race and then really didn't do too good after that. The second season, I actually have started winning several games within a within a row. And I'm having a really good time with this little 99 cent motorsport manager game. I was really glad he had mentioned this one on, on board games. And I'm, I'm glad I actually spent the 99 cents to actually download and play around with it. So I may be talking about this one for another week or so as well. So two very good app, apps you know that I found on my Android devices this weekend that I was having a lot of fun with. So those are the games I played for the week, but let's jump into a few of the things I want to play now. All right, this morning when I woke up, I hopped on Kickstarter and started looking around, and one of the first things I saw was that stockpile from Nauvoo Games, Continuing Corruption, which is an expansion that I talked about, I think a couple weeks ago, I had heard that it was coming out, is now live on Kickstarter. I jumped on this immediately and backed it. Can't wait to get this game in. It looks like they're adding in quite a few new things to the game. Stockpile is one of the best stock games that I've played recently, and it just, I have gotten it to the table enough and I'm actually going to take it down to my game store on Thursday and hopefully we can get another game in and get it in actually a few more games of this in before the actual expansion comes out here and we start playing with that one. So Stockpile Continuing Corruption, I actually sent out a couple Twitter messages about this one when I had backed it this morning immediately, and if you like Stockpile or you're looking for a good stock game, this is definitely one to check out, and I can't wait to see what they're introducing with the expansion. And then I found out about a little card game called Millennium Blades this weekend and watching the Dice Tower. Rado had mentioned this one, Richard Ham, and this game looks really interesting, and I told my wife earlier I may have to order this one kind of immediately because we missed the Kickstarter, which looked like it was back in March, and I think I really want to play this game. 
So basically the premise of this game is it's pretty much all cards. And what you're doing is you're actually playing a player of a collectible card game and you're trying to draft the best set of cards and then use those set of cards to play in a collectible card game tournament. So there's two different phases to the game. The first phase, I guess you can say, is almost like an economic style game where you're using money, drafting cards, and each player is going to start out with kind of like a different starter deck. And there's a huge stack of like 300 or so cards which are going to be flipped over and players are going to be able to kind of draft well and it and it's kind of just like an open draft where people are just doing everything it's not like i guess there's a couple of different ways you can play it but the way it was described and the way i've seen it played is every it's just kind of like an open season where people are just trading or selling things to the store and then you can buy it from the store and it just looked like a lot of fun and i since i'm a huge fan of collectible card games i just really don't like to collect them anymore because they are just they cost just way too much and i tried to play way too many different games to get into a collectible card game i think this type of game would give me that same kind of feeling of playing a collectible card game and doing the whole drafting aspect of it and then getting a little bit of the card game in which which from what Rado said wasn't the best part of the game but that economic part at the beginning just sounded really exciting and a lot of fun it sounds really crazy and hectic and i have a feeling that i'm going to need to order this game very quickly. And then I got an email seeing that uh, Viticulture more visitors expansion was being released and I was that was getting shipped to me as well. I had ordered that. So I Really can't wait to get Viticulture to the table again. It's been a while since I've actually played Viticulture. And I think adding in a few more cards will make that game even that much more fun because some of the expansions and some of these cards that I've seen look like they're adding in a whole couple, whole new aspects to the game, which look to be really interesting. Then I also saw on Board Game Geek when I was looking through some of the newer games that are coming out, Master of Orion the board game is actually kind of, is actually coming out. And I had talked about this. I had picked that up on Steam a couple of weeks ago. I really haven't gone back and played it that much as I've been trying to spread myself way too thin with way too many video games. And Master of Ryan's definitely one I need to get back to, but uh, the video, the board game actually sounds kind of cool, and I wouldn't mind maybe checking that one out too. So those are four games that are on my list of what I want to play now, and those are the games I played for the week as well as what I want to play. And I think that's going to be it for this podcast. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to do a search on Board Game Geek for what I'm playing now. Don't forget to join our guild, which is number twenty four forty. I am posting on there and we have a couple of people in there having some good conversations on Twitter. Just do a search for at what I'm playing now. And don't forget to drop the G on Facebook search for what I'm playing now. Our Google plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then of course our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey everybody. Thanks for joining me this week for another podcast. Come back next week and hopefully I will have a lot more good games played and a few more games that I want to play. Have a great week everybody and I'll see you later. Bye bye.